everybody. I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we are Will This Be On The Test? A podcast about the things you should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. Whether it's ancient eccentrics, forgotten heroes, psychology, the line between science and magic. Will This Be On The Test has you covered. Class Class dismissed. dismissed. Welcome everyone to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, with my permanent guest, Cammie. Hello, Cammie. Hello, Bryant. How's it going? Fantastic. How are you? I am well. We are here at uh, Skypen live for the first time for you and me. We had a pretty successful run with Peter though uh, the other day. So yes, if you're if you're seeing this live, you can see this live on YouTube at Mystery. We're here. You can see Cammy and I passionately look at each other and talk about history and myths, which is what we do on this show where every week we're going to grab a a legend or a tale or a story. We're going to give you that story, and then we're going to give you some of the history behind it. And we have a fun subject today, I I believe I should say, right? Oh, yeah, it's totally fun. (laughs) Military. Yeah, yeah, this one's a little different. Um, It's the the concepts of the 300 Spartans uh, is is what we're kind of going over. So, and this is a little interesting because it's, I don't know if, calling it's a myth is sort of you know super appropriate it's kind of tough it's definitely uh like a legend it's legendary the it 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 made the king of the spartans leonidas leonidas uh a a living god to the greeks and it really sparked a kind of a newfound appreciation for the culture of the spartans and really cemented them and then that of course kind of came up so you might have seen the film from 2007 and stuff like that. But uh, I, I thought of this the other day, and I was just thinking, like, what what evidence do we have? What is it real? What is what is Frank Miller, the guy who wrote the comic that the movies uh, that Zack Snyder directed? What what are they all basing this off of? And so that's what we've discovered. So, Cammy, please regale us with all the bloody glory that Zack Snyder and Frank Miller have. The story of the 300 Spartans. Okay, sure. So there is a primary source for this, Herodotus Histories. I use the translation by George Rawlingson, and it was from RomanRoadsMedia.com. The Persian forces under Xerxes were moving swiftly through Greece and other lands. They conquered everything in their path, an unstoppable force. But soon they, they met an immovable object. Leonidas, together with his band of 300 Spartan soldiers, had a plan. Attacking Xerxes head-on was impossible due to the sheer number of forces he commanded, but there was a place, a narrow pass in Thermopylae, where these men would have an advantage. Leonidas was king of Sparta and was, through the kings of Sparta, the son of Hercules. He had been bathed in, the wine, in wine from infancy, and as was the custom of Sparta's children. At the age of seven, he was taught the art of war and combat. He was taught to die in battle rather than surrender to his enemy. When the king set out to defend his homeland and people, he tried to enlist other troops as he went. He managed to recruit some forces, around 5,000, but the Olympic Games were on at the time, so the best fighters from other places were away for the competition. Leonidas was unfazed and continued his march to battle. Xerxes was warned by his informant that the Spartans were on the move and would be waiting for them at the narrow pass. They had braided their hair for war and could not be dissuaded from any fight. The Persian forces, hearing this, were full of worry, but their leader pressed on. They reached the pass and tried for three days to breach it, but the 5,000 Greek forces did not retreat or leave their post. 
knowing that two and a half million Persians would certainly slaughter them in seconds. Xerxes commanded his forces on the first day to press into the pass. Many of his men fell, so they retreated. The second day went much like the first, but the Persians were informed of a way around the pass to attack the posted archers and javelin throwers who were so devastating their forces. The Greeks did not leave their post and paid dearly for it. Only Leonidas, Leonidas's men, and a few other soldiers from other camps remained to hold off the invaders. The soothsayer he had brought along with them to tell the tides of battle warned that all but one man would fall in the coming fight. Leonidas could not surrender, so he readied himself to die. He sent the soothsayer home to Sparta, but the man would not leave and sent his, ho- his son home instead, for his son had no sons himself. On the third day, Leonidas, his men, and a few hostages remained on the Greek side. Four thousand had fallen, and many of the others had retreated. While Xerxes still had most of his forces, Xerxes entered the pass with his men, and the Spartans came out to meet them. Twenty thousand Persians lost their life in this battle. The Spartans fought harder, knowing their fate was soon to be cut short. Many Persians were driven to the waters of the nearby sea and drowned. Others were whipped like mules until they entered the fray. Others still were trampled by their brothers escaping the whip, but most died at the hands of one brave Spartan or another, two and a half million men against 300. The Spartans lost 299 men that day, Leonidas among the tally. One man was spared, some say by luck, some say by cowardice, some say by Xerxes himself to prove his victory. Nevertheless, the rest of the brave 300 did indeed take their next meal in Hades. Nice. That's the whole plot of the movie 300. It's over. Is it? (laughs) I haven't seen it. No, it's Yeah, we'll talk about that. This is a really straightforward topic, really. Kind of talked about. Um, We do have a primary source. Herodotus is essentially the main dude. Uh, Herodotus, a Greek historian, uh, he's believed to have been born in like Asia Minor, Anatolia area, where modern day like Turkey and all that is. Um, He was um, around, uh, he was born in 484 B.C., and this battle specifically took place in 480, the Battle of Thermopylae, which is what this this battle is, where Leonid- King Leonidas died and the Spartans fell. Um, so I guess yeah, you know, he was the the war went so he on was until four years old. He was a kiddo, yep, and he was like, "I'm gonna write this down." Um, <laughs> and the, ba- the 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 Persian Wars, the Greco-Persian Wars went on until uh, 449 BC. So he was, um, I don't know how to do math, but uh, he was like 20-ish roughly, or 15-ish. Who knows? 15, 15. Yeah, that's math. So he, he was, he grew up during, the, the wars had been going on, and his whole life he was going on through it, you know? And he was a young man uh, by the time the war ended. So it's definitely feasible to see um how he would be interested in it. And in uh, by his account, he was a, a huge traveler too, um, all the way to Egypt and, and all around the Greek network uh, in this time, um, this, this classical period. So uh, he, he also wrote on the Peloponnesian Wars um, and things like that. So he, he was super big. His, his main work is, is the histories, and he's, he's called the father of, of history um, by Greek scholars or later Roman scholars and things like that. And we even have... Uh, fragments of the histories still around today. Um, they're really cool. They're in uh, museums and things like that. And uh, 
just barely hanging on there. But we do have good translations of uh, the books of histories, and that's that's pretty much it. I, and that's that's kind of that's essentially the extent of proof it, for the most part. Um, there's also the the serpent column, which is this cool. Uh, it's this long long column with three winding heads serpents going up. So it's it's like rolled up, and then these three okay. heads come out. And it was uh, made to commemorate those who died in the battle. I think it was Thermopylae, or it was another battle in the, the wars. But it's uh, still around today, and it, it has like murals that depict it uh, and um, the, the battles and things like that. So that's sort of um, or, or writings and things like that. So that's that's kind of the idea, or that, that's that's sort of a, a proof, an, an archaeological item that's there. Uh, there is more archaeological evidence too, um, especially in, in 1939. There's an archaeologist, um, Spiridon Marinatos, was actually excavating Thermopylae and found large numbers of Persian bronze arrowheads at the Kolonos Hill, uh, which also helps uh, inform sort of where they would have, where the battles would have taken place, where they would have died. Uh, interestingly enough, like the land, the the the, the Thermopylae, where it is now, you can see the pass. Uh, you know, they, they chose a, a strategic pass to fight because of the overwhelming disadvantage in numbers. And so, uh, but it, the land has changed significantly since then, just over time. So it's it's not as it would have been. And, and like these archaeological finds kind of help inform that. But um, so we, we have some archaeological evidence with Persian, uh, a large amount of Persian arrowheads in Thermopylae. We have people claiming that this is how it happened and stuff like that. So that's sort of, that's, that's the proof, right. That we have essentially. And the, the, the other proof is just the huge legacy that's come from this. I mean, the movie, I was at the prime age to enjoy the movie in 2007. I was in middle school. I think like, I think, or no, maybe no, no, no. I was definitely in high school. I was, I was like a freshman, I think at that point in high school. And so I was this, you know, boy who just wanted to see cool things and people kicking and stabbing and and it and it did that um and it's not the it's not the first film version of it actually it, it um there was a 1962 film called the 300 spartans and um it but it, and it was very similar and it, it what's cool about the 300 spartans it looks like it was it was complete i never i haven't seen it I, I think we we should try and see it um at some point but uh it, it's very it, it it's it has the same information that Zack Snyder, Frank Miller wrote their stuff off of. There wasn't any new kind of changes. When was the comic book written? I haven't read that 80, either. 89, I believe. Okay. So after the movie, yeah. you think uh, he no, saw the movie? He did. In fact, that's oh, okay. what, yeah. According to Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, uh, Frank Miller saw it. It's, it's in, it's in the Wikipedia page for the film, the 62 film and, and uh, Frank, uh, 1998, sorry, Frank Miller's 1998 graphic novel 300 um he says that this was a creative inspiration for that and that it really uh, changed his life uh, creatively so um yeah and it apparently was a, a well-done film it was filmed um in uh locations in greece and they actually um oh, wow. the greek the greek defense ministry uh provided members of the hellenic army which is the, the greek land force basically so they actually there's a lot of authenticity there they couldn't film at thermopylae due to just issues with uh, how how the, the terrain was. It just wasn't possible. Well, there's this pass that you can barely get through. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it was cool. It, it, uh, it And it does. It goes through a lot of the, 
this film and, and 300 dramatizes it, but it does. If, if you took the bullet points out of the 2006 film or 2007 film, um, you'd have the story for the most part. The big thing I, I think that is omitted from uh, like, or what a lot of people don't realize is, and you mentioned it, is that it wasn't just the 300 Spartans against the massive Persian army. It was Leonid, Leonidas led an army of around six to 7,000 Greeks. And it was cool because when we go back to this time period, the Greek city-states weren't unified. Um, Spartans were Spartans. Athenians were Athenians. They hated each other. And, and there, there were thespians. Um, there were, there were tons of other city-states. And they, they, I mean, think of it. If, if America, if, if suddenly all 50 states literally just broke apart and moved into islands that were close enough, um, that's how it would be. We, we, we were like little, they were like little independent countries. And of course they traded and things like that, but they weren't unified until this dude, uh, his, his, it was Xerxes' dad, Darius the first that really started it, um, started, uh, I mean, you know, massive army, huge, huge land army. I actually found, um, he, uh, what was really cool about the, the Persian army was the sheer, I mean, it was huge. Um, you said 2.5 million. That's debated. It, it's it, about 70,000, right? No, they believe it was at least more than 120,000 oh, or wow. 150,000. So even then, if you, 100,000, even if it's just 100,000, if you've got That's less than, than 10,000 yeah. Greeks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, the funny thing is, is though, because of the, the strong navy that the Greeks had because of just their ability to move and fortify on these city states, they were able to, to, to win. I mean, um, it, it was at great cost, but it was, the cost was bigger for Xerxes in the end, for sure though. You know what I thought was really funny when you were mentioning mm. the Greek states, the, so Herodotus mentions the Phoenicians being particularly bad at war. Oh yeah, and how terrible they were at everything they were doing. Oh, that's <laughs> like funny. He, he calls them out by name several times. It's oh, so it's right. so hilarious. Yeah, I was like laughing reading. Right. It. Well, that's a good segue because another cool thing about the writings of Herodotus were he he talked a lot about the Persians and it was sort of like an an admiration in a way. Um, he noted how well unified they were, despite there being a huge like lingual and cultural difference. Um, what's cool is there's this ancient civilization called the the Scythians. I don't know if you've heard of them before. They are a um, a, a civilization from from the steppe, S T double S T E P P E, uh, but where the Mongolians originated, basically, like you know, and the Turkic uh, peoples. So the nom- they they were nomadic people, and and it's it's <laughs> there's like a rule in history. If if your people come from the steppe, you're just you're badass. You're just really strong because of how hard life is. Yeah, it's very much like the Viking kind of idea of life is so hard that when you go to a place where it's not like everything isn't trying to kill you, you do well. So, um, but Xerxes or the Persians had, had, they of course had their own people and they gathered up all the other people in that area. So like, think like, like the Middle East is where you could kind of call it. And then passing over through Turkey, the, the land bridge into the Mediterranean, kind of where like the Byzantine, uh, you have its its whole empire essentially, and and then sure. later the Ottomans. Um, so he was Xerxes and the Persians were able to to unify all these people. I mean, they they kind of did what Alexander the Great did. They went through and just sort of made them vassal states. But then when he wanted the army, they came and then they all went down there. So Herodotus was really surprised that despite them them having so many different basically cultures and civilizations, 
they were all unified under uh, the Persian army, the Persian banner, essentially, of the time in Xerxes. Meanwhile, the Greeks, um, while they share a language, they share a religion, they can't stop fighting. You know, like they're so they they're so quarreled, and it's it's really funny that there's this parallel. But uh, when 150,000 or more, uh, you know, Persian insurgents are coming at your door, you're gonna you're gonna like put down your your quarrel and go, hey, we should probably take care of that. So you know what you won't put down though, huh? The Olympic Games. You're gonna know, go to yeah. those. Uh-uh, it's happening. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Well, I got to think about how at the time, like how easy would it be to like cancel it and like you know like one yeah. writer's like the Persians are coming like Paul Revere style and they're like what no I'm pretty sure we're gonna keep drinking and <laughs> right. play this so how how difficult would that be but um it, it goes on uh, Herodotus is really the core of it um there's this uh, British um, historian Paul Cartledge who really exemplifies the extreme importance of it it's it's in um in the it's in book seven of herodotus's account so i think it's in book seven of the histories yeah it is sorry. it is yeah um and, it, and he wrote that uh, paul cartledge has this famous quote we either write a history of thermopylae with herodotus or we don't so it's it's just one of those things and i we talked a little bit about it before i, I can't remember what episode it was exactly but we've talked about sort of revisionist history and a lot of people are like to be skeptical and kind of play devil's advocate i you know we can't I can't show you Herodotus. I can't, you know, we, we only know so much. We do have this archaeological evidence and we're doing the best with what we've got. So that's, that's sort of it, um, through him. And, and there was also uh, another guy, Simonidas of, uh, Chaos. He was around from 556 to 468. So he died before the end of the war. He was like a poet more so, but he also has some accounts. So there is some corroboration that you can do there with people in the time during the wars that wrote about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool. Like it, the, the biggest takeaway from it is what the Spartan army did. And, and there's a lot of debate over that. And that's, that's what the modern sort of thing is now is it, it we, we have enough evidence to pretty much, say it did happen in this time and just sort of explaining it is, is what's up. And, and the biggest conversation uh, is why did, why did that army stay? And, and the, the most logical kind of thing is, is that the, the greater army was retreating to the city States and there needed to be a force to hold them. And, and there was, it was, it was tough. To, I mean, that area only has a few passes. Um, so there was a great bottleneck point. And the Spartans, I mean, they were they were absolutely insane as far as how their uh, their their armies went. But but the Thespians, the other armies that were there, so it wasn't just 300 versus however many of Xerxes' guys. It was it was around six to seven, and he was able to with those yeah, people. Yeah, and the Thespians were uh, considered hostages by Leonidas and and the 300. I did but see that. They, didn't consider themselves hostages and fought right. very hard against the Persians. I thought that yeah. was really yeah, interesting. I, I read a little bit on that too. And I think like the idea was, yeah, it, it could be interpreted that way, but it's um, the, I think that the, the lands of the Thespians were occupied by the Persians at that point, And so they don't really have a place to go home to. So it's like, we either get revenge in the moment and also mm-hmm. like kind of save these other people. Um, or we go back to uh, you know vassalage under xerxes which we don't want so um yeah that that was really cool but yeah no, they were able to do it um 
and and it just it looks like that was it. And and the big thing, the the way that the it's reported the Persian army was able to bypass it was because this dude, um, I'm gonna probably mispronounce it. Let me let me hooked on phonics. It Ephialtes, Ephialtes, is the name of the Greek dude who was like, hey Persian army, take a left at the fork. Boom, there's Leonidas. And so he was able to help them completely bypass, find a route to bypass it, which I'm just like, could Xerxes not take like 10,000 people out of the 150 and be like, hey, can you guys find a new way? I don't know. That just seems really weird to me, like that he wouldn't have. That he has to like find this one guy who knows the area. 3,000 horse scouts, you know, because that was you you always scout ahead back in the time. You get riders to scout ahead. And why, why, why? Anyway, so apparently this guy Efialtes uh, was the one who betrayed them, and there's a they do a cool or an interesting account of it in the film and stuff like that. A, a way of doing it where it was this guy who was a um, he he was born deformed in in Sparta, and you know Spart Spartans practice infanticide for imperfectness, and they you know chuck you out a a window or something, and um, leave you on a cliff. That was according right. to Herodotus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, check you out a window, leave you on a cliff. And in 300, it, there was just a deformed dude. Uh, his parents saved him by fleeing, and but he always like wanted to be a Spartan, so he he did get buff and trained. But he had like a um his his arm couldn't raise a shield high enough to hold a phalanx, and so he was like, nope, sorry, you can't join us. Just you know, help carry the dead and stuff like that. And then that's that's why that was the motivation to betraying them in the the, the film, the 2007 film. So it was a cool little thing. But um uh yeah, so. The Persians get around, they defeat, but the the main goal was done. The main army was able to go back to the, their city-states. And then a few years later, they actually were able to make peace with Xerxes until the Spartans completely destroy Athens later. But that's another episode of the podcast. Uh, from Leonidas' death, though, he was really deified. Two things really happened. Um, this concept of laconophilia, which is like Spartan love, and also um, the name Ephialtes becoming synonymous with nightmares in the Greek language, the ancient language, um, because this dude was a betrayer. I mean, he, he's the he's it's it was the the way of saying Judas, you know, like you sure. can or or Brutus, like you know, if you call your you, I can call you a Judas or a Brutus, and everyone knows what that means. Well, all Ephialtes was just like unsheer nightmare horror in in this this time so it was really cool that that happened but then yeah the spartans really became globally well for their global community uh known for these acts and you know spartans it was better to die than to go back essentially uh in this situation so and that you know it's i'm reading i mentioned it on our two truths and a lie episode i'm reading um a book on genghis kong by frank mcclinn and he actually takes a moment because he, he's, he's like breaking down the society and he, he takes a moment to correlate the Mongolian ways with Spartan ways because the Mongols like if, if the Mongols won a battle, if they lost a battle and there were survivors that were that got away or if they won a battle, but there was a lot of people dead, they would almost just almost always just kill the survivors because it was like. Did you win? You know, it, it, like, and especially if you lost, if you came back from a, a, a loss, it's just like, well, obviously you lost because you didn't die. You know, like you, you should have been in there. Oh, the 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 messenger, whoever it was. There's a right. couple of different stories. One says that the there were two guys who had something wrong with their eyes, and so they were like cleaning their eyes at a nearby like water source, and one of them 
decides to like run into battle because he he figures out what's going on like he can hear the battle starting and the other guy like he couldn't really move because there was like more wrong with him or something and so he so that's one of the stories that that's the one that survived and the spartans treated him terribly when he came back Mm, so that's, that's one of the accounts yeah yeah i would i like w- during that i mean i would totally be i would totally expect xerxes to spare someone to get the news back and be like yo we're here be ready you know just to help strike fear so that's interesting i wonder how that actually went down um but yeah i that's that's kind of it i mean that's so herodotus is our source the battle of thermopylae happened wasn't exactly as it was depicted in the movie although it does get some of the more general things right in a way but i i was looking at the wikipedia page for the movie and it's interesting i didn't realize it, it it's um it's got some controversy around it and it's just interesting um kind of like the way it depicts the persian empire uh and in contrast the way it depicts the spartans like it's there's a lot of parallel it, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, I, I can say this. I saw the movie in theaters and I was like enamored with it when I was a kid. I, my bro- I remember my brother got it on DVD and we tried watching it again. And, and that was months later and I, I couldn't sit through it. It was so. Really? Oh, months so, later? Months later. Once, I guess it was just the like, you know, you're in a big theater and it's playing and it's, it's. I mean, it, sure. it's cool. Like, yeah, there's uh, speakers everywhere. And, and Frank Miller directed it and he did Sin City and Sin City is, is fun to watch. Um, you know, it's got that noir thing going on for it and that really cool style. And it's mm-hmm. that it's that noir drama that's really fun. And, and it didn't that that's not how 300 is, but it does have the same sort of visual effects. Like visually, the movie's cool. But God, it, it just it was so corny and just rough. So I I really we really should try and see um, if the 62 uh, film is easy to get a hold of. And, and maybe we can do some kind of like watch party with it. Uh, yeah, that'd be not, cool, yeah. yeah, depending on how I 62, uh, it's not 75 years, but we can maybe see what we can do. So, yeah, it, it, it's um the legacy of it's cool. And I, I think like when when Frank Miller's comic, I've never read it, but I'm, I'm sure it kind of it, it's better, I would say, probably than the movie now. It probably holds up better is what I should say than the movie just because of it being a comic book, the dramatization and stuff like that. Um yeah, I haven't. Cool. Had, did you read it, or you said you didn't? Mm-mm, no, no, I never had yeah, a chance to look either. at it. Yeah, I've so, seen the picture, like yeah. the, from I guess the main one or whatever of the big sure. battle. That's all I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's cool. I I think I would rather have these the 2006 film and the the comic book, even if they aren't right, because it how many kids saw it like me who ended up becoming history major? You know, like how many people were inspired. Yeah buy it and and so i like i like these things i like these things to inspire people either inspire them because they're like oh god this seems like it's terrible i should find out what actually happened or wow this is cool and then they find out what happened they're like oh it wasn't quite like that but it was a fun movie so um yeah no it was cool um and i yeah i I, like i kept things pretty broad like i said so i i started off with a history.com article on leonidas that was a lot of fun to read but then um britannica and wikipedia as well as ancient origins are where i got uh, ancientorigins.net is where i got uh, a lot of my other stuff so uh it's cool to to see it it ah, there was there was a sequel to the film and i think it was actually prequel technically um and i heard it was just as not worth your time it came out in 2014 so i don't what know what did they even talk about <laughs> i th- i think it's it's about the conflict with darius oh um, okay okay it's called so 300 it's not really rise of an empire um no i i think it is um it's based on the frank miller co- mini 
comic series, comic miniseries, Xerxes, the fall of the house of Darius and the rise of Alexander. Um, I don't know. It it has uh, Lena Headey played Gorgo, the wife of Leonidas and the queen of Sparta. She, she, Lena Headey's pretty cool. She did uh, game of Thrones and, and she's a great actress and she was cool in the movie. I remember that. Um, no, King Darius of Persia was killed. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it's a prequel. Yeah, it's a prequel. So it's it's about the Battle of Marathon where Darius falls, basically, Xerxes' dad. So anyway, well, maybe we'll see it and talk about it. I don't know. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a... Well, we are talking about Marathon soon. A burning, yeah, yeah. I, I don't so. have a burning passion to see it, but we'll see what we can do. Um, well, guys, yeah, I think that about covers it. That was a little longer than I expected. That's, that's cool. Some 300 talk. Uh, oh, last thing, my one, I had a, a, a sociology or psychology professor in high school. I don't know what happened, but we ended up talking about this. And he was, because the movie was out, or the movie was was out, and it had been a couple years, and it was famous, blah, blah, blah. And he had this joke that he would call the movie 300, you know, 300, and 50, 300 Spartans or 150 Lovers is what he <laughs> called it. Because the the idea was that you know like it, it's kind of reported that uh, very free sexuality and and especially amongst men um, in ancient Greece and so and his argument was that um, you would want to set Spartans up to like love each other in pairs so they would fight really hard for their to sure. protect each other and stuff like that and I was like so yeah I we we do, we joke about making a a version like instead of three hundred Spartans it's just one hundred and fifty lovers. Um, <laughs> So that's my last little uh, anecdote. But guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, please, uh, we're on everything now. We've we've the podcast is pretty much everywhere. So please subscribe. Um, please hit us uh, the subscription on YouTube as well because that can really help us out uh, as with exposure and things like that and like and all that fun stuff. Uh, if you have any suggestions, let us know um, wherever the comment is. It's comment section on whatever thing you got. But uh, mystery with an ie at gmail.com and the Facebook group are both really good ways to get in touch with Cami. Or you can also find Cami and myself on Facebook as well. Is that it? Did I cover everything? I think that's about it. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone. We will see you next time.